Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about y'all, but this is a great day. This is a blessed day. They having wars everywhere. They got a war going on in Israel. Right now, today, they got 47 wars going on around the world. And we are right now safe here at this place at this time. Right now, you and I can say the name Jesus Christ and don't have to worry about nobody swinging open the doors and putting us in bars, taking us in, to a dungeon somewhere. What a blessing. There's places right now and you can't mention the name Jesus Christ without being underground with the doors locked. And saying it in silence. It is a powerful thing to be able to worship freely. The times are coming where down the name Jesus Christ is becoming a very dangerous thing to say. But we are grateful today that we can worship freely. We thank God being able to come into the house of the Lord and worship freely the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to welcome you all here to the Ark of the Covenant Ministry. As we always say, this is not my hour, but this is our hour to lift up the name of Jesus, where we together will raise him up where he can draw all men unto him. Because he wishes that no man shall perish, but every man come unto him, unto repentance. Praise ye the Lord. We're going to go to the throne of grace today. There's a lot that we can be thankful for. And there's a lot that needs to be taken to the throne of grace. I know today there's a church that's in dire need of prayer. The pastor and the assistant pastor both are under severe attack of the COVID. The assistant pastor, his family has been called out. He is on the respirator as we speak now, struggling for his life at Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's another church where the choir and most of the members along with the children has been attacked with the COVID. There's another church where Pastor Ash is the pastor and their church too has been attacked and most of them are out with the COVID as well. So we want to keep those people in prayer. As Pastor Allen and Pastor Leo 
is fighting for their natural lives at this very hour. We want to keep them up in prayer, Emmanuel Baptist Church. We also want to keep our people here in prayer as we remember Brother Doc, remember Sister Annie, Sister Barbara, remember Brother Dan in prayer. Uh, what was that uh, young lady's name you mentioned earlier? I mean, you area. Was, area. Yes. I didn't know anything about area, but they tell me she's in the hospital as well. Uh, uh, a lot of tests on her. Okay. Is there anybody else we're going to take to the throne of grace? How's your uh, family member doing? So so. So so. Oh. Still the same? Still the same? All right. She's still in the nursing, in the rehab, right? Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, I don't think I got in. We're going to take those that's watching us, their family members and their friends to the throne of grace as well. Let us go. Father God, we come before you with thanksgiving in our heart. We thank in you for being who you are, your presence. We thank in you for your deliverance. We thank in you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we thank in you for being who you are with us, for us, and about us. Lord, as your security has set us in motion. Lord, your touch has guided us. Your words have lifted us and your presence has secured us. And Father God, as we come before you this day, we're calling on your presence to fill this place. And Lord, as we call on your presence here, right here and now, Lord, we simply say thank you. Because, Father God, we know that it was you that gave us all that we desired. We desired to rise this morning. We desired your provisions today. We desired your love upon our family and friends. Lord, we desired all that we had in our heart. And you have went above and beyond. We didn't receive phone calls this morning. We had no texts and no emergency telegrams. We had no phone calls and no emergency visits. Lord, so we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Now, Lord, we lay before you our own prayer request. We're praying for those that's in hospitals, jails, and institutions. We're praying for those beside Bidoxes and those that don't even know they're in the world. We're praying for those that's on ventilators and those that's under spiritual attack. We're praying for those right now, Lord, that eyes are blinded, that's caught up in all type of demonic possessions. 
Lord, we're praying for those that's crying with tears running down their eyes because of abuse and torment and pain. Lord, we're praying for those that won't pray for themselves. Hear our prayers. Lord, we're asking for your touch upon them. We're asking for your salvation with them. We're asking for your wholeness upon them. And Lord, we thank you. We're praying for Silver Birch, Lord. We're praying for all the residents here and their family and friends. We're asking for their wholeness. We're asking that the shackles be broken, that the oppression and depression be removed. All the devices of the enemy be washed away. We're asking that you bind up the enemy and cast him away. We're praying for the staff and their family and friends. We're asking for their salvation as well. We're asking that you bless them as they perform their duties, Lord, with your precious heart in mind. Father God, we're asking for you to bless this service here. Let you be increased as I am decreased. Bless those that's listening to us over the internet. Bless their homes. Watch over them. Continually to bring salvation unto them. And Father God, we thank you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Glory Amen. to the name Amen. of the Lord. We have any announcements? We know that they had a great Bible study yesterday. That was a good movie yesterday. That was a good movie. It had a lot of great uh, historical value in there. That was a nice movie. It was a real nice movie. A lot of great stuff in there. I liked it that. I nodded off on some of it, but I caught a lot of it. <laughs> I went to sleep. But I watched a lot of it. It was a good movie. On the book, on Daniel's second chapter, as the man witnessed to his uh, army buddies, his army uh, officers that was in charge of him, and he used the book of Daniel to present the prophecy. And that was a real good way he used that to witness about the war. And that was good. I liked it that. That was real nice. He found the book. That was real nice. Um, and Stephen is still having his um, prayer time at 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. All right. And we still having um, college courses. Yeah, I got a new one to start. It's oh. uh, 1,001 questions. 1,001 questions? A thousand, and we got a new one just started. A thousand and one questions. Praise the Lord. Uh, is there any more uh, announcements? No? All right. Well, let us get to the Word of God then. And we will have a story today, but we won't get to the story till we get to the end. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But 
Well, of course, we do have a question. And you won't get the answer to the question until you get to the end. <laughs> but I want to ask you a question. What do it mean to have good conduct to you? What is good conduct? What is good conduct all about? Many a times we can hear words and people will say certain things to you, uh, say certain things around you, or say certain things about you as if they understand what they are saying. On Monday through Saturday, me and my wife have a morning thing that we do together, a morning show. And it's between the hours of 6.30 to 7, 7.30ish. And we do a testimony thing where people give us testimonies and we, my wife reads them and we give advice sometimes and we discuss what the people's testimonies was all about. One woman wrote in and she said a very strange thing to me. She said, and she wanted me to comment about what she wrote in, and she said, I hate my sister. She said, I hate my sister because she wears long dresses. She said, I hate my sister because she thinks she's cute. She's been married a couple of times, but I hate her. She gave no reason why she hates her sister. She just said she hates her sister. It was disturbing to me. Again, I was heard another Time that a man wrote a particular, a young lady wrote a particular thing and she wouldn't sign her name. She just said, guess who? And she told me that I knew who she was. And I guess she was trying to make me feel bad because she said that me and her knew one another from way back when. That we did some things back in the day. And she was trying to make it seem as if she was still doing those same old things. And she was trying to take it and tear me down trying to embarrass me with my wife on the line. And again, I heard another young lady 
married to a pastor, a man of ministry. He had a particular way of living. He moved another woman into the house. And before he would do anything, he would ask the other woman. Before he would do anything with his wife, he would get permission from the other woman. So I ask you again, what is good conduct? It was very interesting to me some of the ways that people would do. Some of the things that people would refer to. What is good conduct? Hmm? When you obey the rules. Hmm. Let us see what thus says the Lord. In James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18. I want you to hear what the Bible says. James the half brother of Jesus. He records some unique words that maybe you and I might find very interesting. James chapter 3 verses 13 to 18 reads, he says, who is wise? Mm. Who is, who is a known Oh, my, my eyesight going on me, y'all. Alexa, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Okay, here's the scriptures. James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Who is a wise man and renewed with knowledge in him? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if he have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. His wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where anything is is, there is confusion in everything from work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is so in peace of them that make peace. Amen. James began to release some things in the atmosphere. And we're going to address these things that James began to talk about. James began to say in verse 13, James began to release some things. And we're going to go through these things because James wanted us to know some things. James starts off in James 3.13. He says, who is a wise man and endowed with the knowledge 
among you. Him showed out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. He had good conversation. James wanted you the first to know that a wise man and a good man of conduct is a man first that will speak with wise conversation. But many a times you must understand that one with good conversation, you need to understand that good conversation doesn't mean that because a person speaks good, don't mean that he is good. Because the Bible will tell you that there will be some with a smooth tongue. Because they're able to talk real nice doesn't mean that they are nice. See, sometimes the enemy comes with a forked tongue. The Bible lets you know that there is sometimes where there is two things, sweet water and bitter water, will come both from the same faucet. But it doesn't mean that it belongs to God. Sometimes you got to realize that there is a false enemy. Sometimes they'll smile in your face, compliment you all day, and when you turn around, they'll stab you in your back. The Bible says, there is a proper speech. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, the Bible said, Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth. Mm. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Many a times you hear him, they talk sweet over here and tearing down over here. They'll lift you up as long as you can hear and they'll curse you behind your back. You see, the Bible tells us that good communication it's edifying unto your body. It's edifying unto your souls. It's a builder up, not a tearing down. You see, many a times we misunderstand what good conduct is. Good conduct is one that's always trying to build up. One that's always trying to straighten up. One that's always trying to lift up. The Bible lets us know that what's in is going to come out. What's in you has got to come out of you. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12 verse 35, it says that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart is bringing forth good things and an evil man 
of his evil treasure bringing forth evil things. I'm here to tell you that whatever in you is going to come out of you. Regardless of how well you try to cover it up. Regardless of how well you try to dress it up. Regardless of how well you try to spray on your cologne. How well you try to brush your teeth and make your pearly whites pearl. Filth is going to come out. Filth is nasty. It's going to come out. I don't care where you go. It's going to come out. When you're nasty, you're nasty. And you can't cover it up. It's going to come out. The Bible says so. The Bible says that know how to answer. You ever talk to somebody and they didn't know how to talk back to you? You ask them something and they're so nasty about it. Every time you speak to them, they got a nasty disposition about them. And then the next thing they tell you, I'm a Christian. I don't know what Christ you serve. But I don't want none of that Christ. Because the Christ I serve is a loving God. But the Bible lets you know how to answer. Because the Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Let your speech always. It didn't say sometimes. It didn't say maybe. It didn't say when you feel like it. It said let your speech always. With grace seasoned with salt, that ye may know how your thought you ought to answer every man. Always, not sometimes, not when you think you should, not when you think you want to, not when you think you should, but always. Be with season. Sometimes you might not want to open your door and speak. Sometimes you might not want to say, how you doing, ma'am? Sometimes you might not want to answer the question the way they treated you. But the Bible says always be representative of Christ. Sometimes they take your food and throw it up on the counter and treat you like you're a dog. But still, thank you, ma'am. Always represent Christ. The Bible continues to say, don't glory the mess. Speak upright for the truth. So I don't know about you, one of the hardest things in the world is not the glory, the mess. You see, a lot of times it's real easy to glorify the mess. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I want to glory the mess. Because you see, you done ruffled my feathers. You see, when you ruffle my feathers, the mess is easy to glory. Because, see, I want to take the top of your head and roll it down the street. See, it's real easy to glory the mess. But what is hard to do is to turn the other cheek. Because you done ruffled 
my feathers. See, it's real hard not to glory in the mess. When you done spit on me and told me it was raining. When you done lied on me and told me somebody else done it and I was listening to you when you did it. When you done stole from me and I know it was you. You see, when you done hurt me and I know I've been good to you. See, it's easy to glory fight a mess. But I'm going to stand up for the truth. The Bible says in James 3.14 But if ye have bitterness envying and strife in your heart glorify not and lie not against the truth. Don't glorify the mess. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful and will deceive. I don't know about you, but how many times have your heart ever tricked you? How many times you ever thought that you was in love? How many times you thought you ever had a friend that you thought was all right with you and you looked up that friend wasn't so all right? How many of you ever thought that your, your heart told you that this person was all right and you looked up, it was the devil in disguise? How many of you ever thought that your exposure went right and you should have went left? trying to follow your feelings and emotions. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 that the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who's to know it? The Lord searches the heart and tries the reign even to give every man according to his way and according to the fruit of his doing. That means God knows your heart. Only he knows your heart. You want to know something? Your heart's so bad you don't even know it. You don't even know what you would do. That's how bad your heart is. That's how deceitful your heart is. It will deceive you. You would do some things that you wouldn't even know you would do. Just put you in the right situation. And watch how far you would go. The Bible says that we speak not that what we feel. But we should speak what God says. How many of you ever spoke how you felt? And you just says, well, I couldn't help myself. You made me say it, so I had to say it. The devil made me do it. That was my favorite line back in the day. Why do you say that? The devil made me say it. No, the devil didn't make me say it. I said it because I wanted to. You shouldn't have made me. 
But we should speak what God says. Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 to 17. Now watch this y'all. It says that all scripture. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. That is that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture is given, breathed, inspired, an extension of God and is given for for the man of God to be thorough because he can't go by his feelings. Why? Because his heart is deceitful. His feelings will go left, right, up, down, turn around because the devil will play havoc on his feelings. Because if he go by how he feel, ain't no telling what I might tell you, ain't no telling what you might tell me, but if we go by what the word of God says, it's always steady. Because God is the rock. It's the rock. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The Bible says that he says that he is the truth, the way, and the life. See, when he says he's the truth, it simply means that, listen, there is no other way. There is no other truth. Listen, if it's not what I say, then it is wrong. See, when you say that you're the truth, that means there is no other thing that you can believe. When he says that I am the truth, he is the exclusive. Uh, there is nothing else that you can believe. When you say that I am the truth, you simply saying that, listen, check this out. Whatever else somebody else say is a lie. He said, let every other man be a liar. And me, the truth. So if it's not in the word of God, then all of you are a liar. If God didn't say it, then it's a lie. Amen. That's what he means when he say, I am the truth. The rest of it is a lie. Just that plain and simple. And he was bold enough to stand there and say it. I don't know about you, but this is what he's saying in simple form. Have you ever looked at somebody and you told somebody what your name was? And they said, no, it's not. You said, what you say? You said, my name is, listen, my name Derek. No, it's not. Is you crazy? I've been Derek all my life. No, you're not. Boy, you done lost your mind. No, you're not. You'll be ready to hit him in his head or something, wouldn't you? He's going to change your name. You've been your name all your life. That's what he's saying about the truth. I am the truth. There's no other truth. 
There's nothing else to compare. There's no other way you can change it. I'm the only truth. That's what he's telling them. That's what he's saying. He's saying to them, listen, if you can't believe me, then something is wrong. That's what he's telling them. Listen, it will tangalize the desires. It will tangalize one's desires. The Bible says in James 3.15, watch what it says here. This wisdom is ooh, descended not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. You see, whenever you go to thinking that all of this mess that's down here, see, see, when you start going against God, you know it's not from above. Anytime that you go to saying, well, this is what I think, you know you're in trouble. This is what he's saying. When you go to talking about this, what I think, you're in trouble. Because he's telling you right now that this is devilish. This is demonic. This is earthly. When you can't say this is what the Bible says, then you go to saying this is what I think. What you think is like, listen. I know y'all heard this old saying that they said, it's just like what everybody got, because everybody got one. Everybody got a bottom, so that's what it's like. Because what you think don't mean nothing, because it's no good. It's about what Christ thinks. It's what he says, not what you think, because what you think can be influenced by the adversary. Have you ever been sitting down, just, just sitting, and all of a sudden a thought pop in your head? Some obscure thought from nowhere just pop in your head. You ever thought where that come from? That come from the adversary. He can just put a thought in your head. And do you know some people will try to do that thought? It'll pop in their head. Go shoot so-and-so. Okay. Go jump out the window. Okay. The adversary put that in your head. I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> the Bible says that Christ followers crucifies the flesh. You want to know what good conduct is all about? You can't react on what popped in your head. You can't do what everybody else do. 
You can't do what your flesh tells you to do. Your flesh might tell you, get up and knock fire from that person because they done done something to you. But Christ's followers will crucify the flesh. They won't do what the flesh said. The flesh might tell you, tell them off. Tell them off. But your body, your spirit will tell you, no, crucify that thought. Your flesh might tell you to say, don't even speak to them. But your spirit will tell you, crucify that thought. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. See, you get rid of them thoughts. You get rid of them thoughts. You don't act on them thoughts. You don't, you don't follow those thoughts. You crucify that mess. You lay that mess down. You say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going now. I'm going to wreak love on that person. I'm going to wreak kindness on that person. Regardless of what they do to me, I'm going to show this, I'm going to win this person over with love and kindness. That don't mean I got to bring them into my house and hug them to death. No, I'm just going to show them the love of Christ. That's all. The Bible says that we put on Christ and put off the flesh. See, when you put on Christ, you're going to put off the flesh. See, you can't do what the flesh wants you to do. See, that's good conduct. You can't do what the flesh wants you to do. See, you can't pretend when you got Christ. See, you can pretend to act right, but you ain't going to do right when you got the adversary in your body. See, you can pretend to act, but you ain't going to do right. See, I can pretend to be right for a little while, and the moment you turn your back, I'm going to stab it. Because I'm going to pretend to be right as long as you're watching me. But when I got Christ, I'm going to act right even when you're not watching me. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, that even when I'm away or at home, my desire is to please God. That's my desire. That's my desire. That's my desire. The Bible says that to put off, to, to put off the flesh and put on Christ. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh 
to fulfill the lust thereof. Take the flesh and crucify it. That's good conduct. That's good conduct. That's good conduct. See, you can't pretend with that. Where sin working, destruction flourish. See, wherever there's sin, whatever there is a, a deceitful heart, wherever there is some faking, wherever there is some falsehood, sin is going to be destructive. Wherever there is some lying and some backstabbing and some creepiness in there, sin is going to be destructive. The Bible says in James 3.16, watch what it says here, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. See, you can only pretend for so long. See, because you won't get tired of pretending and pretty soon whatever you are is going to show up. Whatever you are is going to show up. How you are, it's going to happen. It's going to pop up and it's going to be. The Bible says that God sins and knows and sees all. In Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 and 8, the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, he shall also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall, shall of the flesh he reap and corruption. But he that soweth the spirit shall also reap the spirit of everlasting. Whatever you do, God see it. God don't miss anything. You can't fool God. You can't fool it. And here's the thing, it might look right, but it's going to lead it to death, to rain. So it, whatever you do, it might look right, but in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 12, the Bible simply says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It might look right to you. You might think you getting away with it. It might sound right to us. You might fool me. You might fool everybody around you. But when you stand before God, it's death. Because it's me is not the judge. It's Christ that's going to judge it. In all your works, it shall be judged. The Bible says there is consequences. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. James 3.17 says, But he, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. In other words, it's, it's without prejudice. Good fruits and without hypocrisy. In other words, it's without attitude. It's just perfect from God because it came from above. It's good. It's with all of you because simply you are of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.13, meats for the belly and the belly for the meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself and let you be used for the God Almighty himself. You belong to God. You are God's and you shall be in God's use. In James chapter 3 verse 18, the Bible simply says, and, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that makes peace. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Many times good conduct don't mean that you're going to not start no trouble. See, a lot of times people think good conduct means that you're going to be good to everybody all the time. Good conduct don't mean that you're not a troublemaker. Good conduct don't mean that you're going to be real nice all the time. See, a lot of people miss the idea of what good conduct is. See, because you got good conduct, the Bible says sometimes people are not going to receive you. The Bible said even when they don't receive you, to kick the dust off, this, off your feet. In Acts chapter 7 and all the way to chapter 8, it tells a story about a man with good conduct. He was such a good man in chapter 7, it says that when the disciples was doing their prayers and, and, and beginning to beginning to prepare themselves in Acts chapter 7 they the people come to him and say hey the widows wanted to wonder how come we can't be fed how come we, we don't have a chance to eat and they said well listen we gonna get some people together and begin to take care of the situation so they got some men together and one of the men they got together was Stephen Stephen, they got together, and Stephen, as they got Stephen together, Stephen got laid hands on Stephen to help feed the widows. And as they laid hands on Stephen to feed the widows, Stephen begins to get overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. And as Stephen get overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, Stephen begins to prophesy unto the people. Stephen being of good conduct and why he being of good conduct, Stephen begins to tell them about their sins. He begins to tell them about their wrongness. He begins to tell them how they misused God. He begins to tell them how they wronged God. But then they got so upset 
the Bible says that they begin to run up to Stephen and mash on him and bite on him with their teeth. Guess who was standing there? Saul himself. They took their coats off and gave them to Saul while he watched as they chewed on this man. And they laid their coats down and chewed on Stephen. You ever tried to eat a man alive? They tried to eat this man alive. And then the Bible says that they took him and drug him out the city and stoned him to death. While they was in the midst of stoning him, they said that Stephen looked up and Jesus himself stood up on the right hand of the Father. And Stephen cried out, Father, lay not this against them. They know not, forgive them. They know not what they do. And to sleep, Stephen fell. So I want you to know that good conduct don't mean you won't stir up somebody. But good conduct means that Jesus is going to stand up for you. That Jesus is going to rise for you. But good conduct is what you're called to do. Good conduct is what God wants from you. That you sacrifice your flesh. Crucify it. Yeah. And follow the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Right now today, y'all got us. We're going to get a special treat today. We're going to get a song from Sister Virginia A. Gentry. And she's going to close us out. With a song today, amen. amen. Come on, Miss. Come on, Miss Gentry. Blow us away with a song. Praise the Lord, Reverend Just thank God for being here today. And I just want to let everybody know that Jesus is a wonder in my soul. Amen. He's a wonder in my soul. He Yeah. 
living wonder, a living wonder in my, my soul. Church say yes, 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 Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Virginia. Amen. Amen. Let's say amen for Sister Virginia. Amen. Amen. And I want to tell y'all that, that what is so great about that, that Sister Virginia is a bedridden young lady that is my sister for real, y'all. <laughs> She's a bedridden young lady that's fighting lupus and been in the bed for the last 10 years. So it is a remarkable thing for her to even be able to sing. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, sister. Thank you. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. All right. Father God, we thank you for this time. And Lord, we thank you for the word. And Lord, if there's anyone here that don't know you as a loving Savior, Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, that all they have to do is believe on the name of the Son of God. All they have to do right now, Lord, is just cry out unto you. Lord, that they just lay it down and believe on your name. Lord, all they have to say is, Lord, I am a sinner, and I believe in you. And right now, Lord, save my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, y'all. Our time is up. In Jesus' name, bye-bye. Thank you, brother.